and thank you for joining our effort to have Family Corporate Prayer. This is Kirk A. Freeman. I want to focus on the Gospel of John, chapter 3, verse 16, in the NIV version. And it reads, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. I just purchased Kimmy K. Serafi's book titled, Our Path for His Glory. This is family. I want to thank Kimmy for that. I will use experts on her book found on page 61. In her book, she refers to the scripture often in her book, and it quotes in John 3.16, it is a very powerful promise in scripture. It is the cornerstone of the majority of her writing. You will see that she refers to it often. In one verse, John 3.16, verse 16 sums up the main theme expressed throughout the entire Bible from Genesis to Revelation. This verse provides the hope and promise that all of humankind needs. John 3.16 brings hope to the hopeless, love to the unlovable, faith to the faithless, security to the insecure, worth to the worthless, righteousness to the unrighteous, and life to the lifeless. This is a summation of the gospel of Jesus Christ in one short and simple verse. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believed in him should not perish but have everlasting life. King James Version. Stands of Kimmy's quote right there. Uh, when Eleanor Roden and I were talking about John 3.16, we shared how much we totally agreed with Kimmy's writing in her book. As a matter of fact, in our conversation, Eleanor kept saying, cornerstone, cornerstone, which led us into discussing how a cornerstone is the foundation where a building gets its real support and how a child of God's foundation is the word of God, the Bible. So let's check out Ephesians chapter 2, verses 19 through 22, which identifies Jesus as our chief cornerstone. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 19 through 22 in the NIV version reads, Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. In him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple and the Lord. And in him, you too are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. The scripture in Ephesians 2 reiterates the truth of John 3.16. In a conversation with Kimmy, she explains this as a fact, that God loves us with greatest love possible because God's son is Jesus, his one and only son, to take on the penalty of our sins. Only Jesus, the sinless Son of God, could accomplish this for us so that we can spend eternity in his presence. This is the foundation of our faith. We must understand this truth in order to understand that as believers, our true citizenship is in heaven. Since our citizenship is in heaven while we are yet on earth, we have a spiritual bond because we accept Christ as our Savior. We must always remember the simplicity of the gospel. It is so that even a child should be able to understand. Matthew chapter 18, verses 2 to 4, the NIV reads, He called a little child to him and placed the child among them. 
And he said, truly, I tell you, unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, whoever takes the lowly position of this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 19 through 22 also identifies us as fellow citizens that connect us with God's people and members of God's household. So when Eleanor said a few weeks ago on the prayer line that Jesus is our big brother, <laughs> she was explaining where we get our supernatural power. I like that Eleanor saw Christ as our big brother because Christ did not come as our father, but he came as the son of God, which is our big brother because we are all God's children. Through the new birth, the believer becomes a partaker of the divine nature and of the life of Christ himself, and God is our heavenly father. And I can remember saying, as a youth, don't let me go get my big brother. Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews, was told by Jesus in John 3 and 3. And it states, Jesus said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. When you think about the connection we have to Jesus, it shows the connectedness that we have to one another as well. Since I'm connected to Jesus, we all have a spiritual connection to one another as well as to the citizenship that is in heaven. That's the connectedness that is power, and it is amazing power. It is this foundation that is reverenced in verses 19 of Ephesians chapter 2 that reads, Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household. John chapter 3 and verses 5 through 8 in the NIV, it states, Jesus answered, Verily, truly, I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and of the Spirit. Flesh gives birth to the flesh, but the Spirit gives birth to Spirit. You should not be surprised at my saying, you must be born again. The winds blow wherever it pleases. You hear its sound but you cannot tell where it comes or where it's going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. That's similar to how Kimmy explained it on page 63, and it quotes that whoever believes in him should not perish. It is by faith that we believe, whoso indicates that anyone can spend eternity in the presence of our Lord, if only he believes, it is a matter of surrendering our will, the will of our Father God. To perish is to die, to die is to face damnation. Through our belief and through our placing our faith in the trust in Almighty God, we will not perish, but we will live. The end of Kimmy's quote. God's plan has us standing on the foundation explained in Ephesians chapter 2 and verses 20. And it states, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone, we know with certainty the God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, and that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. So let us pray to Heavenly Father. Lord, we come boldly unto your throne of grace to pray your word from Ephesians 2, chapter, verses 21-22, that I, my cousins, my sisters, my brothers, my aunts, uncles, mothers, fathers, children, grandchildren, great-grandchildren, and those yet to even be born, be in Christ Jesus, and be a part of the whole building that is joined together. 
and rise to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him, Christ Jesus, we pray to have our bodies be a body that becomes the dwelling place in which God lives by his spirit. Because when the spirit of the Lord dwells in a yielding person, we know that we have been changed to love, to have hope, to have faith, to have security in you, Lord, that our worth has been identified by you, Lord, and that we are made righteous by you, Lord, and that we have life and life abundantly because of the love of God that is given to us through his dear son, our big brother, Jesus Christ. Help our young people stand strong and be the extraordinary people that you would have called them to become. Keep them safe and place a hedge of protection around them, Lord. Rise up your spirit around us to encourage us and them to walk with you, Lord. Help our old generation, Lord, be blessed with wisdom, love, and patience as we guide the younger generations into the way of your will, Lord. And help us to be a living testimony of God's power, love, and provision. For the Lord is our shepherd, and we should not want. And if we won't, let us spend time in our private prayer closet to better understand what you are saying to us, Lord. Help us, Lord, to present ourselves a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto you. Lord, let us love one another as you have loved us. Let us do as you would want us to do. Let us encourage others to build one another up, for you encourage us and see those things that are yet to be revealed. And forgive one another as you have forgiven us. Let our young people, Lord, seek wisdom and be able to have their eyes open to the wiles of the enemy, Lord and aware of the way of the world as it lie and cheat and steal. But we want wisdom to rightly divide the spirits of God and in the enemy, Lord. We lift the name of our family members in need and healing. We pray that the eyes of our loved ones are open to receive your love and forgiveness. We cry out for a revival to our family, Lord. Heal our bodies, Lord. We call it forth. Lord, we have to come forth with divine health, strength, and into prosperity. Fill our minds, Lord, and focus them on Jesus. Lord, I pray you that you restore our families, our marriages, place our focus on you, Lord, and transform us, Father. And we just thank you so much for all that you have done. Lord, with that being said, we want to close out with song, Lord. I was sinking deep in sin, far from the peaceful shores, very deeply staying within. Sinking to rise no more. But the master of the sea heard my despairing cry. And from the water he lifted me. Now say, am I love? Lifted me, love lifted me, and when nothing else could help, love lifted me, love lifted me, love lifted me. And when nothing else could help, love lifted 
you for joining us. We look forward to you being part of this family prayer next week. And with that being said, we'd like to close and we'd like to thank you all for participating. And encourage your family, encourage your children, all your lovers and friends and relatives and acquaintances to, to get on board so we can rebuild and to rekindle our family and to unite our family in Christ, Lord, and to encourage one another in these harsh times. Family, we love you. God bless you.